0: Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and doers, seekers of purpose and fulfillment, welcome to Passion on Purpose, the podcast that sets your soul on fire and ignites the spark within you. I'm your host, Steph Hilfer, and I'm beyond thrilled you're here. Passion on Purpose features leaders, experts, and sometimes me on center stage. We put the spotlight on visionaries, entrepreneurs, leaders, experts and everyday heroes to share their journey of self-discovery, enthusiasm, and unwavering determination. We'll explore how they use their passion and purpose to fuel their brand. Alongside our leaders, we'll provide practical tips, actionable advice, and wisdom from our experts across various fields. So if you're ready to unleash your inner fire, shake off the doubts and insecurities, and pursue a life of purpose with unbridled enthusiasm, then let's dive in. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here to do another recording for the Passion on Purpose podcast. And today's episode is a Steph on Center Stage episode. So first off, if you have, if you're just only listening to the Stefan on Center Stage podcast episodes on your podcast platform, or maybe, well, we're actually only putting them on the podcast. So <clears throat> um, if you are only listening to it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon podcast, wherever it is, You can actually come and join us live in the Facebook group. So if you want to be able to ask questions or get in on the fun of watching me scramble through one of these episodes, then please let me know. Um, You know how to get a hold of me, show notes, you know how to get a hold of me, and I will get you in the group so you can be on live for these. Today's episode is all about community. As I'm talking about the Facebook group, as I have a beautiful community, a small but mighty community community who rallies around me in so many different ways and hopefully they get that same rallying around from me, um, I really wanted to come on and talk about community. Um, one, it's something that I'm working through personally uh, with my coach on different ways to tap into community, strengthen community, provide more value to community. You're gonna hear the word community a gajillion times today. Um, but then also it was a really, really good conversation that came up with one of our most recent newest clients. And so I wanted to take the lessons that we talked about in, with him uh, and bring them to you because I think they were very, vi- they are very pertinent and uh, walking through the way I walked through with him. I know he took away a lot of good ahas, so I wanted to give the same ahas to you guys so um first off as i do often i wanted to just simply define community so pull out google what does google say so we have two definitions for community a group of people living in the same place or having a particular or having particular characteristics in common okay key thing at the end of that is particular characteristics in common so i want you guys to keep that in mind Then the second is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And so why it's important to kind of think about, well, okay, what does community really even mean? We have really two huge parts of this definition that if you guys haven't done the work, the the pre-work to understand deeper about your brand, your purpose, and why you're doing what you're doing, being able to cultivate, attract, or really understand your community is going to be challenging because what did we just learn from those definitions? First, we learned that they need to have a community has a particular common set of characteristics. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody in this group, let's use this group as an example, the Vim and Vigor Facebook group, that doesn't mean that every single person in this group wears pink on Wednesdays, or that every single person in this group has a GSP, a German short hair pointer, dog like me. That doesn't even mean that everybody in this group has a business or a brand like me. Um, there's sim- There are similarities about our characteristics that bring us together, but that doesn't mean that we're all identical, right? I think that people often take uh, that idea of a community sharing common goals means that everyone looks even more similar than they need to then the second one the feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common, sharing common attitudes interests and goals so as i said just a second ago if you haven't done the work to really understand okay well what are my what is my attitude right and not just who am i as a person but what attitude can people expect from me um, what are my interests? Do people understand and know my interests? And what are my goals, right? Um, I'm going to frame a lot of today in in a sense of community for your brand, right? Now, if you are, just because I'm using the word brand, let's say you are an independent hairstylist. Do you think that you do or don't have a brand? Absolutely, you do. Do you maybe work under a different name because you lease a station at another salon? Maybe. Right? Um, Let's say you are absolutely, you have your own business. Right? You have a brand, you know it, this is gonna be pertinent for you. Also, you know, when it comes to brands, it doesn't always equal uh, monetary gain. So politicians have brands. They're not asking you necessarily always for money. Oftentimes a politician, right, is asking for what? They're asking for your trust and your vote right? So in order for you to give them your vote, to earn your trust, right, what do they need to do? They need to show you what their common attitude is, what their interests are, and what their goals are. And then just like a politician asking for a vote, do you not then give them that vote when you feel like there's an alignment between what they believe and what you believe? And so why we're starting with kind of these, this topic around community is because I see a lot of Not only do I see a lot of brands not understand themselves, that is exactly what I help people with, right? So oftentimes people think, oh, I need a brand, and they think I need a logo, and that's about where it stops. Maybe they think colors, fonts, things like that, some of the other visual things, but they forget about the depth or what we call the intention behind what it is that you're actually doing, what it is, how are you doing it, And oftentimes I think people get hung up on this, how like, oh, we're the only one who does it this way. That's not always what we're after when it comes to your how, but then ultimately why? Why are you doing this thing when you could be doing anything else? So um, when it comes to community, you really need to understand that about yourself because that's what your community is looking for to to you, no matter what you do. You know, for me, my community knows that I want them to grow in their business, in their brand, and I want them to harness the power of branding and have fun with it and get excited around it. So, um, you know, your business, you might, we're going to stick with this salon uh, idea. Let's say your salon, your what you want people to walk out with is confidence, is an easy style that they feel that they can duplicate the next time, right? How many times have you heard uh, somebody say, ooh, I love my hairstylist. we have such a great time, but I'm looking, I, every time I walk out it, my hair never looks as good as it does when I leave there, right? Now, I understand that that's a huge validation for the stylist p- possibly, but if what you believe and what you stand for is that I want you to be able to replicate the work I do with you and be able to feel as good as you feel when you walk out of the salon every day, right? for the next six weeks until you need a trim or a touch up or what have you, then that is important to you, that is a goal for you. And so if you speak about that goal, you will naturally attract people who want that same goal as well. But if you don't know that that's important to you and you don't speak that out to your community, your community doesn't even realize that there's a similar goal or similar commonality in mind. So the first and foremost thing that you have to be able to identify and work on for yourself, if you want to create a community around your brand, is understand what do you actually do? What do you sell? What do you offer? What can somebody consume of yours, right? If it's a service, if it's a product, if it's a blend of both, right? How do you clearly make sure people understand what that is? Then how is it that you do it? Right? Are you a mobile salon who comes to you, right? Or are you um, the the corner the corner salon that everyone knows that everyone goes to, right? Are you? We're gonna stick, like I said, stick with the salon analogy. But are you the uh, the absolute blonde Balayage bombshell best stylist in the state, right? Whatever those things are, as you start to develop and define those for you and your brand, and then you start to reinforce those, what's, how's, and why's, that's where your community can start to really, not just rally around you and want to be in your world, but then when they find others who share that same common goal or interest, they will be like, you know what? Like, you should talk to my girl. She's, you know, we both care about the same things. She cares about that too. We should, you know, you should be in her world. So that's really important. Um, I wanted to give an example. I wanted this episode to be short, but as I'm looking at the time, <laughs> it's just already, already going on a little while longer than I thought, but that's Okay. Um, So I wanted to give an example of uh, brand activation. So brand activation is a term that you probably aren't familiar with. But brand activation is where a brand that has a community uh, reinforces those common interests and goals, reinforces the brand, and creates an experience that their community can come together with like-mindedness around. So the example is Red Bull. Red Bull does such a great job of what we call brand activation. And if you think about Red Bull in, it's such a common, such a huge brand at this point in time. But if you think back to some of the older days of um, Red Bull, you know, before they were everywhere, uh, you might have misunderstood or mistook their you know brand sponsorships like getting into the F world Formula One world, um, being in BMX, being in all of these sport uh, e- events and experiences as just simply a sponsorship or sp- simply brand branding, right? Simply good marketing. But in reality, um, what Red Bull would do is they actually created these experiences, partnered with these people, or created their own experience around sports enthusiasts, and oftentimes they would do hardcore sports like BMX or (laughs) like snowboarders jumping out of a helicopter onto a particular slope that's really challenging to, uh, to to bore down, uh, to ski down, to slope down, whatever the right term is. And then they would create this whole experience around this, this, uh, sport and what that does is, okay, sure, are they gonna have some Red Bull at the bottom of the hill for you to enjoy? Sure. I'm of course they will. But at the same time, it wasn't about selling you Red Bull. It was about creating something that was really exciting for Red Bull's community. People who like Red Bull want that extra perk of energy. They're typically athletic. They're and I, I say typically athletic but red bull has grown its community and its audience so big but what they wanted to be known for is like if you are drinking red bull it gives you wings and if you have wings you can do these extraordinary things you can jump out of a helicopter and board down this incredible slope that only the professionals slope down right and so i wanted to share that example of a brand activation when it comes to community just to reinforce that Your community isn't just coming for your product or service; they're coming for. Hair salon is such a perfect example because how many times do you, uh, consumers, listeners, you know, getting your haircut? If you're not in the industry, but you know, you do consume. So, because we all have hair, and even if you're bald, you know, possibly you didn't want to do that yourself one day, and you went and had your hair shaved. What do you do when you're in that stylist's chair, right? You talk, you have a conversation. And then so many times people fall head over heels in connection and in love with their stylist because of the conversations and the commonalities that come out when they are with that stylist, when they are getting that service, when they're in that brand and that world of the person who's delivering the service. So um, I just wanted to give that example so that you can think beyond just selling a product or good, right? And that way that you, this hairstylist example continuing, the way that the hairstylist naturally, you know, maybe is a really good listener, right? Doesn't say a lot, but just listens, okay? now all of a sudden the people who really wanna get in a chair and just have a venting zone, just be able to say anything and not have anyone chiming in with their opinions or whatever, then they're gonna feel more connected and more uh, loyal and want to come back to that chair because they're getting that out of you. But if in reality you love talking and you wanna talk the whole time, then two things might be happening, one, your client's going to hear more from you than they really want. Cause they're likely looking for someone who's just listening like in this and that, in this example. Um, and they may find somebody who does that right now you there's hair for the quality of the service. And then there's also the quality of the experience. Um, and so understanding how you do your service and what the person in your chair can expect from you is a really great way to define what you want to deliver. So if you know that you love just listening, you are such a good listener, you love it when people come in your chair and feel safe to just vent and you can chime in here and there, but in reality it's you like you get to just zone out on their world. It's like a new episode of Grey's every night. <laughs> then, you know, the more you explain and position that as the experience that your clients can get and will get, the more that you'll attract and cultivate your community around those type of clients. So um, I wanna dive into kind of the specifics of what we talk about when it comes to branding. So in our brand exercises, whether you're working with us one-to-one, you're working through our DIY masterclass, whichever way you're starting with us, we do go through and we talk about creating your, what we call personas, okay? Within your community, you're going to have a few personas, uh, identifiable people who we kind of summarize as one entity, a fictional character. We call them personas. You might hear them as avatars. Some people call them target client, uh, target clients. Uh, what is the, gosh? Avatars, personas, ideal target audience. Uh, There's so many different names for it, but ultimately it's your people, right? And we want to understand who our people are and summarize um, where are we connecting with them? What do we need from them? What do they need from us? What are they struggling with? What have they got on lock? What are they fearful or apprehensive about? Um, How can they actually be supportive of you, right? So many people, especially people who come into your world and remain loyal and um, like you and trust you uh, want to give back to you as much as you give to them, right? Um, Typically. At least that's the community I love to cultivate and hope and feel. That's how I feel for my community. And so when it comes to these personas, one of the biggest things that I hear, uh, questions I hear is, and fears that people have around defining who they serve is, well, what if somebody doesn't fit that persona that I define? Do I not get to work with them? Are they going to be turned off by the work that I do? Are they, are they a potential client that I'm not going to get because I've defined, they don't fit this definition of my persona? And so the example in the conversation I have with all my clients, and if you're on live, you get to see. If you're listening later, you're gonna have to imagine. Um, is this bell curve? And this is this fun. <laughs> the mirroring of the video today is cracking me up. Okay, so as you can see here, um, if you're if you're watching live, you can see. <laughs> I'm dying. I almost want to edit this these giggles out because this is probably the the worst I've ever been on camera on trying to balance my hands. Okay, so think of a bell curve. So we have these ends of a bell curve and then we curve up to create this bell shape, okay? Now when we're identifying our brand personas, our overarching people that our brand will ultimately attract and will ultimately want to purchase and consume with us, we wanna define that top bell curve. Now down here, these are what we call our outliers. So these people end up on our, on our map, on our graph, right? They are technically somewhere on this spectrum of a client that would be possible, a client, somebody within our community. But when we're looking at our saturation point of most likely to consume and be in our community, that bell curve is where you would start to define your personas. As you continue to develop what you offer, what you're selling, you, if you're, uh, as your community grows in size and grows in diversity in what they're wanting from you and needing from you, then your your that bell curve may fl- start to flatten out a little bit more. Might have some lumps and bumps. <laughs> you know what I call them lumps and bumps. Uh, clearly, I'm not a math whiz, uh, but it might have more peaks and valleys that create smaller, smaller little saturation points that you would want to then define those people. And uh, what what came up really recently for one of my clients, and this is another example, and I hope that this is super tangible and that you can walk away with it for your brand, is he was, how do I frame this? We started with our what, how, and why exercise. And part of that what exercise I challenged him was, where is your revenue between these pockets? He has four different what's that he sells, okay? So out of these four what's that you're offering, what percentage of revenue is coming from each, right? So let's just say offer number one, uh, 50% of his clients are buying. Offer number two, really it's a very unique program, only five people are, 5% people five of people are purchasing that. And then the other two, it's a split be, between the rest. Uh, let's just go you know, 25 and 25. I know the math doesn't add up, but roll with me here. And so that was a really important exercise when we're talking about community because his biggest money-making offer, that 50% one, um, he was promoting it primarily through his podcasting, which is how we met um, on the show. And he was primarily positioning that offer through the podcast, promoting it, actively seeking other podcasts to be on to talk about that offer. But then, when we went through his persona development exercise to talk about his community for that would be attracted to that particular offer, we learned that those individuals are unlikely to be podcast listeners, or if they are, there it's more outliers that would actually be a podcast listener and be attracted with with and I'm generalizing his offer right but in we had lots of other things other qualifiers as well and from those we learned we don't feel strongly that that percent that offer that 50% of your revenue is coming in from this particular offer we don't feel that those people are likely going to be podcast listeners and so from that exercise we were able to revamp where he is positioning his what's those different offers and what on podcasts. Now that he is doing a lot of podcasts out of the other offers, what is much more likely again? Right, those that 50% offer. There are some podcast listeners when they hear it that might be really excited about it and could be they'd be on that outlier, but they could consume and be a, a buyer for that package. But if we're looking at that saturation point, we are realizing that there's a different offer that's much more appealing and much more likely for podcast listeners to be paying attention to. And so now if we're looking at the other offer, let's say it's that 25% of revenue is coming in from that particular offer, now we can start to uh, either ramp up, we could, obviously immediately make a shift in what we're promoting when we're doing podcasts. Um, And so I guess I wanted to, this is maybe the weirdest way to go about it, but what I really wanted you to walk away with was what, how, and why you do what you do is so important in creating a community that will ultimately buy from you. Because if you want to just start rallying people around you first, and then figure out what you want to offer later, you're going to end up with this community and this crowd that's so diverse, which is great. It's no con in having a diverse community. But until you really narrow down what people are looking for, wanting, fearful of, their goals, what they need from you, and being able to really speak to that, then you're going to have a very confused community that maybe is only coming for one particular thing. Maybe it's just you and their supporters and that's great. But if you want to create a community that supports your brand, really stepping back, identifying what it is that you're offering, how you do it and why is the first step. Um, And then... And then next, kinda to wrap the community conversation up, next when it comes to that community piece is you have to make sure you are speaking directly to that persona um, or that group of personas, right? Um, And really making sure that they feel like this is the place for them. Um, And being really clear about that now, you might be changing what it is you're selling, you know, one month, you know, you're really focusing on, you know, blonding because we're coming into summer. I'm just using the hair salon example. Let's say we're, it's spring and summertime and we're really talking to those people. But at the same time, if barbering and men's cuts is really important to you, um, you want to make sure that you are clearly defining when and why you're talking to each and that there's a place for them. And maybe that's around an offer you're making, maybe it's around the time of year and you know that it's really important for those people to get in. Right. You just want to make sure that your community understands who you're talking to and why. Okay. so um, with all of that said, let me take a quick drink. Okay. with all of that said, I just wanted to come and talk to you guys about that one, a couple of reasons. Um, I have been really excited to see our little Facebook group, our community, and the Vim and Vigor group growing. And if you've been in the group for a little while, you probably noticed the cover photo changed. I have some exciting, fun uh, goals and dreams about what we're bringing to you all here in the Facebook group. Um, And that's coming soon. So you'll see more of that. Also, one thing I'm really excited about is our brand self-discovery masterclass is getting revamped. So I put out that program earlier this year, at the very beginning of the year, I can't believe it's already, I mean, we're almost into November, so I cannot believe, I can't believe that for one. But we put out that program and it's a great program. We've had so much success and we've helped so many people who are looking to kind of start on a more DIY level and just do this self-discovery branding experience. Maybe they're not ready for a one-to-one with with us or they just wanna kinda get to feel for what it's like to go through the Vim way with branding first. Um, And it's been great and I've gotten a lot of feedback and I've got some really exciting new, new things that I'm gonna bring to the program. I'm gonna really revamp it, really, add more and more value to that. And so I wanted to let you guys know that that is getting revamped. And so with that said, I'm gonna be relaunching that program. It will very, very likely, I mean, I can just say with 99% certainty, it will be a price increase. Um, I don't know how much, but it will be at a higher price point um, because I already know so many more things that I want to jam pack in that program to make it even better uh, and to be more aligned with the needs that people are um, bringing to the table right now after the fact, um, bringing more, you know, giving me tools to understand what you need. And so we're going to put that right in so you don't even have to wait for that. So that will be relaunching again, um, likely this year. If it doesn't happen this year, it will be in January. So keep an eye um, if you're looking for that program, you haven't heard of it before, or you want the details on it, you can go to getvim.com and underneath discover your brand. You will see the masterclass there. Click on that for all the details. As I said, we are relaunching, relaunching that either within the next two to three months. So depending on how the, how the calendar falls, um, it might be this year, it might be next year, but it's getting revamped. It's gonna be better than ever. And so if you want to take advantage of the lower price point or the price point as it is now, definitely check it out. If you're listening to this and you don't know how to find that, you know how to find me, I am sure. Either check the show notes or come into the Facebook group, DM me, you know I'm pretty available, and I can get you details on that. And yeah, that's that's what's going on. I love, love, love you all. Thank you so much for being a part of my community, for listening to the shows, whether you're listening to the stuff on Center Stage episodes, our experts that I handpicked to be on the show, or our leaders that are doing amazing, great things. Thank you for being here, listening to the Passion on Purpose podcast. And uh, yeah, until next time. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. I truly hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. So if you did, please rate, review, and share. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, whether a leader or an expert, please go to getvim.com forward slash podcast, and you will find our application page or reach out to me directly and I can give you more information.